Blog Talk Radio.
Rabbi Yemi Azikaway, and welcome back to another edition of the Pan-African Journal. The Pan-African Journal is an audio news magazine. It's brought to you here on a weekly basis. I'm your host, uh, Abayomi Azikaway. Today is uh, Saturday, uh, November the 26th, uh, 2022. We're broadcasting live from our studios in downtown Detroit. We'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in once again uh, to another edition of the Pan-African Journal, this special edition of our program. And uh, we're going to, in a few minutes' time, uh, move into our regular Pan-African Newswire report. Uh, We'll have dispatches on the thwarting of an attempted coup in Sao Tome and Principe over uh, just this uh, weekend. Kenya in East Africa is sending more troops to the eastern region of the Democratic Republic of Congo amid a resurgence of clashes with the M23 rebels. A former youth leader in uh, Ivory Coast uh, has returned to the West African state after being released from detention uh, by the International Criminal Court in Europe. And the United States military base in northeastern Syria has been reportedly attacked in recent days. In the second hour, we look at the response of the South African Communist Party and the family of Chris Honey after the granting of parole to his assassin earlier in the week uh, by the Constitutional Court. We also look at the current security situation in the eastern region of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Finally, we review the issue of joblessness on the African continent and potential solutions. These and other features will be brought to you uh, during the course of our program. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to uh, pay tribute uh, to a recently uh, joined, uh, someone who recently joined the ancestor, Ali Bera, uh, who uh, is from Ethiopia, uh, who was a popular artist during the 1970s. So we're going to listen to Ali Bera with the Ibex band. Let's listen in. Ramalo, 
Yeah. 
Welcome back, and uh, that was the music of uh, Ali Dera and the Ibex uh, band uh, from uh, the Horn of African Nation of Ethiopia, and that was a tribute to uh, Ali Muhammad uh, Musa, uh, who was born on September 29th of 1950 and made his transition on November the 6th uh, of this year, uh, known professionally as Ali Dera. He was an Ethiopian singer. Uh, he was regarded as the most popular Oromo icon, as well as an influential artist uh, in the other regions and urban areas of Ethiopia. He had played a lot of songs in Amharic, uh, Afar, Arabic, uh, and Somali languages. Ali was a celebrated poet and a multi-instrumentalist, and uh, he, of course, uh, settled in the capital of uh, Addis Ababa, he produced his uh, first album in 1971, uh, the first in the history of Oromo music. Uh, he then recorded successful hits such as Hen Yadin, Asabali, Amamalele, and Gamashu. Uh, his albums included Sudanese songs such as Al Habib Wayne and Harari songs such as Yidin Kaul. Brigetta Astrom, a Swedish admirer of Bira, uh, who had been the Vice Secretary at the Swedish Embassy in Addis Ababa asked to marry him. Bira agreed and married her in 1985. In 1986, Bira's wife was transferred to Saudi Arabia, and Bira accompanied her to the country, uh, but Bira faced difficulties in Saudi Arabia and proceeded to uh, live in Sweden, uh, where he lived for more than uh, two years. In 1988, uh, he went to the United States to attend the Los Angeles Arts Academy he graduated in 1990, and by 1992, he had released his first two albums outside Ethiopia. Amid increasing uh, international fame, he also conducted many concerts and festivals in various countries, including the 2005 in Utatash Ethiopian New Year celebration in Addis Sheridan. And uh, you're listening to the Pan-African Journal, uh, worldwide uh, radio broadcast, and right now we want to go into our Pan-African Newswire segment, and uh, our lead story uh, deals uh, with the current situation in uh, the Gulf of Guinea, uh, nation of Sao Tome and Principe. Security forces uh, in the Central African island nation of Sao Tome and Principe have killed four people and detained two others, including politician Delphine Neves. Uh, following uh, a thwarted coup attempt, officials uh, said this uh, on Yesterday, Prime Minister Patrice Joviata <clears throat> said authorities believed the men were in search of weapons when they entered military barracks and abducted one hostage who was later freed. Authorities were investigating whether the men received any support from within the military, he added. Uh, it's not a robbery. It's not a theft, uh, Troviata said. It's an attack with weapons of war on the country's armed forces, and we have to resolve this problem. Certain individuals do not conform to the will of the ballot box, 
and the will of the sovereign people and thus tarnish the country. He added, the attack comes about two months after Sao Tome and Principe held parliamentary elections, which were won uh, by Traviata's Independent Democratic Action Party, ADI. He was sworn in as prime minister earlier this month. Uh, Nevis, the Democratic Convergence Party, has run for president twice and had contested the results of last year's race. The archipelago of uh, Sao Tome and Principe is located near the equator, about uh, 350 kilometers, that's some 217 miles off the western coast of Africa near Gabon. About 225,000 people live in the former Portuguese colony, according uh, to the World Bank statistics. And uh, you're listening to the Pan-African Newswire segment uh, of uh, the Pan-African Journal. The uh, Kenyan Defense Forces uh, will, as of today, uh, deploy the remaining troops and equipment set for the East African Community uh, Regional Force, the EACRF, Peace Enforcement Mission in Eastern uh, Democratic Republic of Congo as it prepares to venture deeper into the region within the timeline set out in Angola this week. The soldiers who have been training at Moyes Barracks in Eldoret will join their colleagues at the EACRF headquarters in Goma before delving into Bunangana, Rushuru, and Kiwanja areas uh, that have been under M23 occupation. EACRF has so far secured critical infrastructure in Goma, including an airport and the surrounding areas, in addition to providing protection to internally displaced persons. A communique from the Luanda process gave the M23 rebels 48 hours to withdraw from the three locations failing, which the EAC, the East African Community Heads of State, will authorize the use of force to compel the group to comply. The full deployment of Kenya's battalion signals the country's readiness for the mission, even as participating nations commit to the operation within set timelines. At the moment, uh, Kenya, Burundi, and Rwanda have fully deployed their soldiers to different locations. Uganda is expected to have fully deployed by month in, while South Sudan, which has deployed its staffing offices, is expected to complete its full deployment by the 20th of December. Tanzania's commitment to deploying troops under the EACRF remains unclear, but its support for the mission is ongoing under the United Nations mission in the Democratic Republic of Congo, MONUSCO Brigade, which is now working closely with the EARF in securing the region. The country will, however, uh, be sending a senior military official in the rank of a major general to the East African Community Headquarters to act as the EACRF's liaison advisor to the Secretary General. EACRF's uh, commander, Major General Jeff Nyaga, uh, this week called on the armed groups to adhere to the calls outlined in the communique from the Rwanda process with set stringent timelines for them to de-escalate and retreat from some of the occupied zones. The communique also demanded an immediate cessation of support for the M23, the FDLR, and all other rebel groups operating in eastern Congo, and called on them to down their arms and initiate unconditional reparation under the terms 
of the Nairobi process uh, within five days. And we'll have more detailed information on the situation in East Africa and the deployment of uh, East African troops to uh, the eastern region of the Democratic Republic of Congo. In West Africa, uh, former youth minister Charles Gwede, uh, who was acquitted of crimes at the International Criminal Court, returned home earlier today to Cote d'Ivoire after more than a decade in exile. He arrived in Abidjan on a commercial flight and made no comment at the airport, which was heavily guarded by the police. Blake Wede uh, was the leader of the Young Patriots, a pro-government youth organization seen by many as a militia, and he was also youth minister under former President Laurent Gbagbo. Now, more than 3,000 people were killed in violence that erupted after Gbagbo refused to accept the dictates of France and the United States and concede to his imperialist-backed rival in the 2010 election, the current president of Ivory Coast, Alassane Ouattara. Blake Whitey was openly cleared in 2019 at the International Criminal Court, along with Bagbo. The responsibility of responsibility for crimes, including murder, rape, persecution, following the disputed election. Judges halted the trial before defense lawyers had even presented evidence, saying prosecutors failed to prove their case, and appeals judges upheld the acquittals. And uh, finally... The U.S.-led coalition forces came under attack at a U.S.-controlled base in Syria's El Hasaka province. The United States Central Command CENTCOM said in a statement uh, earlier today, two rockets targeted coalition forces at the U.S. patrol base in Al-Shaddadi, Syria, today at approximately 10.31 p.m. local time in Syria. The statement read, According to the document, the attack resulted in no injuries or damage to the base or coalition property. While the Syrian Democratic Forces visited the rocket origin site and found the third unfired rocket, attacks of this kind place coalition forces and the civilian populace at risk and undermine the hard-earned stability and security of Syria and the region, CENTCOM spokesman Colonel Joe Buccino uh, said earlier. The Al Mahadeen TV channel reported earlier today that several explosions occurred near the U.S. controlled base. According to the news outlet, four rockets fell not far from the military facility. Syrian Hasaka, Deir el Zor, and Raqqa provinces are currently mostly controlled by the U.S. backed Kurdish Syrian Democratic Forces. Since 2015, the United States Command has created nine bases in the area. In late 2019, then-U.S. President Donald Trump approved a plan to leave several hundred U.S. troops in the region to control oil fields in eastern and northeastern Syria. Damascus views U.S. military presence as an illegal occupation. And with that, we're going to conclude the Pan-African Newswire segment of the Pan-African Journal. In concluding this segment of our program, we want to remind our listeners that the Pan-African Newswire is an international electronic press service. It is designed to foster intelligent discussions on the affairs of African people throughout the continent and the world. The press agency was founded in January of 1998. Since then, it has published tens of thousands of articles and dispatches in numerous newspapers, magazines, journals, research reports, and on blogs and websites throughout the world. 
The Pan-African Newswire represents the only daily international news source on Pan-African and global affairs. If you'd like to log on to the Pan-African Newswire, just go to our website at panafricannews.blogspot.com. That's panafricannews.blogspot.com. If you'd like to have access to today's uh, Pan-African Journal, this uh, worldwide uh, radio broadcast, just go uh, to our website at the Pan-African Radio Network, and that's at uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pan-African Journal. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pan-African Journal. Uh, The programs can be shared with other potential listeners by merely copying and pasting the links and putting them into emails and sending those emails out to other potential listeners. And uh, also, uh, they can be shared by copying and pasting the links onto other blogs and websites, as well as being shared over social media networks, such as Facebook and Twitter. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more of the Pan-African Journal for this week.
music of Detroit's own uh, Motown sound, the Supremes, um, Diana Ross, uh, Mary Wilson, and Florence Ballard uh, singing the uh, hit record uh, by the songwriting team uh, Holland, Dozer, and Holland uh, from 1966, uh, Love is Here, uh, But Now You're Gone. And uh, you're listening to the Pan-African Journal, a worldwide radio broadcast uh, for Saturday, November 26, uh, 2022. We're broadcasting live from our studios in downtown Detroit. And uh, just this last past week, the South African Constitutional Court uh, granted parole uh, to Yanis uh, Vallis, uh, who uh, is the assassin of uh, South African Communist Party General Secretary uh, Chris Honey and uh, former uh, commander of Mpontewe Siswe, the military wing of the African National Congress. And uh, there was an immediate response uh, to the granting of parole uh, by the South African Communist Party Secretary General Saleh Mapela and uh, also uh, by Mpo. Uh, Honey, the uh, widow of uh, Chris Honey. We're going to listen to these reports uh, from uh, the Republic of South Africa in regards to the story. So let's, uh, in fact, at this time, across to Kenny Mapanga, who is at uh, the Constitutional Court for us uh, this afternoon, uh, where the SACP and uh, its partners, uh, including the ANC, are, of course, uh, there to express uh, their anger and disappointment at the release of Yanush Valush. Uh, let's cross live then to the Constitutional Court at this time. And men, old women and men who lost their children in the battle, against apartheid. They, are, they have been camping here in front of the Constitutional Court for months and months, wanting reparations for those who, who died during apartheid period. Volunteer uh, Chief, my sincere apologies. Uh, as I'm greeting, I, I focus on the national leadership, uh, Comrade Banyaza. Uh, our volunteer chief, yes, uh, just wanted to say that uh, on the point that you were making, as uh, I recognize you, Comrade Banyaza, our chairperson of the ANC in, in the province and leaders of the ANC at the lower levels, we do not want Janus Walus to go back to Poland. I think that's very important. The alliance must get this message clear. We do not want him to go to Poland. Okay, because firstly, we will not enforce the parole conditions if he goes to Poland. And secondly, that in Poland, a group of right-wing fascists that have also been participating literally in funding his case here. I've made him a hero. Several years ago, we had to discuss with NASPES about some of the DSTV channels when they show matches in Poland, the right-wing forces are characterizing Janusz Walusz as a hero. This is also forgotten by the Constitutional Court when they make the judgment. So we want him to spend time here until he dies under our supervision. So I wanted to say I was thanking these uh, old women and men who are seated here who borrowed us this uh, machine. Nkrumanano the speaker. 
ukuthi lentonilelayo sihamba nayo singamakomanisi sivumelana nani ukuthi nibhadalwe amareparations wama family members wenu abantwana benu abahlukumeza abashona abaloli inkululeko yase South Africa engana kumuntu ile nto corporate ubhanya udakoda bekayikhuluma even our own we are prioritizing things that are wrong we are prioritizing the release of Janus Walush instead of prioritizing the victims of apartheid so it's important that we 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 we, we broaden this scope as we want to thank all of you who are here that we want to broaden this scope as the communist party in memory of comrade Chris to include all others who today have not received justice as they were fighting for the liberation that we enjoy today. The credo fall. Today their perpetrators have not been held to account. Uskelom Sauli, Ufot Kalata, Usparom Konto, Umethio Koniwe. When in 1985 they were murdered, and that's when the, 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 the red flag came up, our, the SACP flag in the 80s and Bota, after that, on the Rehafar mentality, declared another state of emergency. We still, we still have no justice for them. These are liberation heroes. There are other heroes and heroines, Unoculus Milani. The family had to make a, a solemn ceremony to accept that she's no more, they won't find her anymore. Because the killers don't want to come out and point out where they buried her. This is who we have become. We have absorbed this pain. We have accepted these consequences. We have forgiven. But we have been stretched too far. And I think it's important that uh, we, we say it very clearly. Because I think Commander Den was right when he was trying to clarify this question. We are not here against the Constitution. We created this democratic Constitution. We are not here to condemn the judiciary. We are here to express ourselves against the judiciary that is making wrong rulings, that is ruling against the people. The law is a product of the people. The law is not supreme. It's not, uh, it's not coming from God. It's made by people. Now they want to create an impression that we can't question anything that is decided by the Constitutional Court. We are here to express ourselves within the framework of the law. That is why as the Alliance, we said as the Communist Party, Comrade Panyaza, we are committed to the ideals that Comrade Krizani stood for. The ideals for a democratic South Africa. But the democratic South Africa that Krizani was fighting for is not an unequal South Africa. It's a society of equals, where there will be no poverty, because this country has enough resources to feed everyone. We just launched our Red October campaign to fight against hunger for food, land, and work in this country. The country with so much resources. Christian was not fighting for this inequality. He was fighting for equality of the people. So we are not here to, to destroy the constitution. As the naysayers want us to believe, those who have been captured by capital in this country, 
So therefore, in that context, we will exercise our full right as the Communist Party, together with the Hani family. I'll give a quick brief to what's ending on the, the, the way forward that we have decided together with the Hani family. We must indeed say the pain that Aldimpo is going through and the entire family is deep in our heart. Comrade Panyazo, you are right. Here on Monday, Krizani was killed again. How many more lives should Krizani give to his country? He has given enough. The best is to honor that life that he gave to this country, the sacrifice that he made, to reciprocate that sacrifice, to have a judiciary that thinks it can understand what's happening is quite shocking. It's really unbelievable. That is why we are also saying, as we agree with Comrade Dan, we are not here to condemn the judiciary. But we are here to say the judiciary must transform. The judiciary in this country is not transformed. The first person that we took a, a ruling to the appeals court on this matter of Janus Walus was Judge Van Evenhout from Pretoria who told Aldimpo to move on. Yes, she said that in court. These justices here don't talk about that. So we are attacked by the court process, we are attacked by the right-wingers, by this Janus Walus and his entire network, and we cannot be protected by the law. The family cannot be protected by the law. But that judge for Nivenhoek was a prosecutor in the apartheid regime. So this democracy just appoints everyone to become a judge. That is why we, we also appeal on that basis. And we want to appeal on reasons, by the way, on legal issues. So I'm just trying to demonstrate the fact that we are getting it, we are having enough of being disrespected by the institutions that were created as filament of our democracy that are undermining the rights of people, especially the rights of liberation fighters. And let me say this directly to the Chief Justice of this country, Justice Zondo, with great respect. That judgment, when I look at it in several respects, affirmed Apartheid-era justice. This is one of my greatest disappointments with this judgment. Even when he had referred to case laws, Goldstone and what was in order to enforce this ruling on uh, La Mola, he goes that particular era. But also, there are certain things that do not have to be said, because it's creating wrong impression about liberation struggle. And I'm proud I participated in the liberation struggle in this country. I'm very proud about that contribution. As will be many of our comrades who died in battles, including my comrades, my friends. I'm proud about our contribution we've made. And the contribution of Comrade Krizani, who led the entire machinery of our liberation fighters, particularly those who took up arms on behalf of our movement and our people. Now, to be condemned as if 
we are opposed to others enjoying the right set in the judgment of the constitutional court. It's unacceptable. And that isn't even a unanimous ruling. No one objects or even say, can we craft this thing differently? They don't do that because they become disdainful. Let me also un underline the point that one of the most worrying factors when I was seated here on Monday listening to this judgment was the manner in which the judgment was delivered. You know, comrades, let's, let's tell the, 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 the judges, the judiciary, that first we affirm the rule of law as the Communist Party. And secondly to say, we affirm that knowing that this rule of law in this country is a bourgeois rule of law. We still affirm to that. But when you are making judgments, don't abuse your powers. We saw on Monday absolute disdain attitude, disdainful attitude towards us, towards the Hani family. Absolute disrespect, the delivery that was condescending, the authoritarianism. The justice take a Monday when I was going to And they were showing it off. Now, I need to say to them, the law is a product of society. The law must respect society if the law wants to be respected by society. The disdainful attitudes are not needed. The sincerity that was required the empathy that was required, understanding that this judgment, even if you were compelled by law to do it, you should have said something, even to address Aldimpo, for instance, who suffered greatly over the years. You should have just addressed her as the, as the, as the court. Nothing stopped you from that. To indicate that you share her pain. But you wanted to prove that you are in charge. Now, that's where we're going to have serious problems. That's where we're going to have serious problems. We have no problem with the judiciary, even despite that we want its transformation because we think it has not reached where it should be. That is why among the jurists, among the people that we have worked with on this matter, which we also want to thank, is our legal team that has done very well over the years. Now, Judge Malindi was Advocate Malindi, who's now in the bench who stood with us for several decades, representing us on these cases. Several times for free, with his several junior counsels. <coughs> Lawyer Tanya Ngopani, we want to thank them from the bottom of our heart as the Communist Party and the Hani family. We have traversed this path together with them. Advocate Malindi, from, even during the time of uh, the TRC, right up to now until he was taken by the bench, we led the way to express our deep gratitude to his contribution to fight for justice on our side. For the constitutional court hearing, because Justice Mal uh, uh, Advocate Malindi was now acting judge, 
we had advocate Moses Kakan, who also together with junior counsel did a great job to work with us to where we are. We want to thank them. We say you did not lose. What you did was to assist us to affirm our rights within the framework of the rule of law of the Constitution. Going forward, we are preparing together with our alliance what Comrade Masova has already spoken. Yesterday we wrote a letter, a joint letter from the Communist Party and Hani family throughout Dimpo to Minister of Justice to inform him that we are taking steps against this ruling by the Constitutional Court. So the letter was sent yesterday. We spent a lot of time during the week meeting with our legal teams to look into what can be done. Because we do not want Walus to go out of jail. That's the bottom line. So we are further consulting with the legal team on Monday so that within the 10 days, because we are alerting the minister so that he knows that within the 10 days, he mustn't wake up tomorrow and release him. We are, we are letting that we are taking action on this matter. So we are considering taking this matter, as Comrade Matlow was indicating, to the African court at the Commission on Human and People's Rights to look into this question. There are other areas that will, will, will tabulate in law with regard to this matter. One of those, of course, is not a secret. It's the fact that the Constitutional Court, when they made this ruling, they did not speak to us. In, in three or so paragraphs where they referred to the Communist Party and Ausdimpoani, they were only referring to us as applicants. Not responding to our submission. It was like as if we did not exist, despite that we made our head of argument. We opposed this on reasons, reasons of law. They disregarded that. Now, as a communist or aspirant communist, I want to say to all communists, you do not need the constitutional court or the judge to affirm your communism. Practice your communism. Really, you have the right to be communist and to fight for a communist society by convincing people why that destiny of communism is the system in which no one will go hungry, no one will be exploited by another human being, where the people will share the wealth of society as a whole. Not a few that have appropriated our resources, our, the wealth of people. That aspect which was disrespected by this court. And I think I must indicate this because, Minashuro, I know you are a lawyer, Jacob Mamabu. You are a lawyer, but I must tell you that I read a lot of judgments from the Constitutional Court. And there are some of the judges that I regard as my favorite with regard to their, their, their articulation. What disappointed me, including of those, of course, you can be disappointed by many scholars in many respects was the fact that this was a unanimous decision of the court. Now, this unanimity did not represent us, nor the people of this country. 
the working class, the poor of this country. So despite that disappointment, the issue was that they did not engage our contention why Janus Walu should remain in jail. Let alone just basic lack of understanding of where our country comes from, apart from the opening sentence or paragraph that refers to the possibility of plunging this country into violence. That was also an important fact. But politically, they should have understood better. They disregarded that because they wanted to send a clear message to the ruling party, the ANC, our ally, that they will not carry political instructions. Yes, let me tell them. Whatever they are carrying are political instructions. We as Marxists understand very well that politics is the center of all superstructures. Bourgeois base of economy makes sure that the law represents bourgeois interests. And we can see that there's bourgeois interests being represented in this regard. To demobilize the working class, to condemn the working class, to condemn those who are communists. Because why on earth a co-conspirator of this man, Janu, that Clive W. Lewis, of, or the co-conspirator with uh, Janus Walus, when he was released through the court process, after we opposed it on reason, they then said they re released him on medical parole. When he was released on medical parole, he made a video indicating that he will commit this act again. And actually saying it clearly that they killed Christian because he was a communist. The Constitutional Court doesn't say anything about that. We had argued even in our application recently that these two people acted together and therefore his continued unrepentance and unremorsefulness was linked with this uh, action of his uh, co-conspirator. They don't say anything about that. So it's, it's all right, therefore, according to them, to kill communists. Now, we don't need their permission to become communists. We'll practice communism whether they like it or not. We don't need a judge for you to become a communist. We are communists for as, uh, communist activists for as much as we want. So this is very important. And it's not an attack on the judiciary. It's the fact that our rights were not considered, but the rights of a criminal assassin is considered. The right of the Hani family is not considered. Not at all. This is unacceptable, we must say. It's unacceptable. That is why we are launching a, a rolling mass action starting from now right up to the 10th of April 2023, which is the 30th anniversary commemoration since Comrade Chris was killed, and thereafter launching a complete whole year of Krizan. For us, Krizan will never die. For us, Krizan will never die. The Constitutional Court cannot kill Krizani like Janus Walus did. His ideas will sprout like new seeds on the ground in this country, and communism will arise in this country. On this basis, comrades, we are also looking at a pay of execution on this order with our lawyers. We'll be filing this document as soon as it's possible. So, Payaza, our chief volunteer, as you are preparing to go and, uh, uh, and protest on, 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 on Thursday, we hope at that time maybe we would have failed in our application. If we would have failed, only that can happen.
but we want to stay the execution of this decision by the Constitutional Court. So we are going for rescission of this decision of the Constitutional Court as a legal process available to us. In doing so, we are exercising our right within the Constitution that Comrade Chris Arnie died for, which they are now disrespecting. This, you know, let me also say this thing because I think people want to, to make a, a, an unnecessary distinction between law and the representatives of law. We are an African country. The bench, when they delivered this, I think there were five judges. But it was a unanimous decision. Those who were not there, they didn't matter. It was a unanimous decision. I look at them, all of them, black faces. And I said, gosh, where did they come from? But it's not, it's not, it's not new. We're used to this. I called an old comrade, because I remember this, his poem, Triple M, Massacres of My Land, which was affirmed here in the court, where Mzwakembuli used to add a poem about Matanzima, Mangope, and Mpepu, who called themselves independent leaders in our own country, colluding with the apartheid regime. Today, of course, this is what also the judgment wanted us to believe, that we should not refer to apartheid. Yes, of course, those who participated in the liberation struggle wanted all the people in the country to enjoy rights. That we agree. But they also wanted those rights to be exercised within limits. I think Mato was indicating that. So in this case, the rights of criminal assassins are made superior than the rights of victims. And many other victims that have not even been, uh, their matter have not been, been, been taken up by all aspects of the judiciary. That's why we have called on Minister Lamule, the Communist Party. When we took up the matter of Ahmed Timon, together with his, his family that have taken it up, when we were supporting them, we said they must put money aside so that there must be appropriate investigation for all these unresolved cases, including the cases of unresolved cases of those who died under apartheid, by the, by killed by the apartheid regime and each hit squad. And we said this process, must be funded properly. There's a missing person task team under the NTA that has been doing a wonderful job. We even recognize them as the Communist Party at our Congress. We have said they must be supported because they are trying to unearth the truth of what happened during that period where our people were mercilessly killed and tortured by the apartheid regime and, 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 and its machinery. Today we are forced to embrace reconciliation. We participated in the spirit of, the, of, of, of our constitution on the basis of reconciliation as a movement because we wanted to affirm our compliance with democratic ethos, with the spirit of an unracial South Africa, and the fact that we did not want violence to happen in our country. This was the architect of wanting violence in our country, Janus Walus, that the constitutional court releases without affirming our rights. So, we will take up all of these questions going forward as a Communist Party. We have heard the comrades from the Alliance, they in particular, Comrade Jagoda, on matters of reparation. The youth of our country, 
Today, you have no job. The economy doesn't belong to the people. The economy belongs to capital. Capital is in charge. We call it the ruling class. Capital is in charge. It determines all superstructure of society. It determines the content of education in the main. If you are too slow as government to legislate on education, they create private education. If you allow them, you give them the law to do so like we do here in this country. The same in health. That's why they replicate and undermine the state and create private sector health. So capital is in charge. What we are against here is capital in its full operation. The elite, largely from the professional bodies, including the, the legal profession, they gallivant with capital all the time. They sit together on the tables with capital. They, they implement the ideas of capital on a daily basis against the people. That is why they cannot make unlawful the fact that a person is poor. These are the things that should be unlawful in this country. These are the, the, the judgment that we used to know about this court, that it used to rule in favor of the poor in our country. So we will reaffirm our communism as a communist party, unapologetically. We want to say to our movement as a whole, we thank you for coming together. We agree. There are many things that we need to work together in common, including the fact that this second death of Comrade Chris, our commander, should not be in vain. In other words, we have now been reminded who we are. So there must be a new transition, Comrade Banyadu. A new transition of doing things. And I will appreciate as the volunteer in chief to understand what's happening here, to begin these changes here in Gauteng. Because we do need a new transition on doing things as a movement, as a government of the people. Otherwise, we'll continue to be undermined including institutions of, uh, that, that are meant for democratic development used to undermine the people. Lastly, my comrades, we just want to indicate that this rolling program is for all institutions and all organizations. We want to thank some of the leaders from other political parties, other organizations, even outside the alliance, that have reached out to us, that have issued statements condemning this judgment. We appreciate that. Aussie appreciate that. And uh, yesterday, some of them even wanted to come and see us. We said, you are, you are most welcome. This is a matter for all South Africans. So as we go forward, we are saying you are free to participate in the legacy of Comrade Krizani. And we want to thank you for the messages that you have sent to the family in solidarity and to the Communist Party. But to say, as in many of your messages were indicating, we in the ruling alliance have to get our acts together so that fundamentally we can turn things around. We have said as a communist party, the country has not taken a turn. We need to take a new turn. The turn that we need to take is to reaffirm the centrality of the public economy. Our economy now is in the hands of capital which is not creating jobs, it's actually destroying jobs and destroying our youth. We have many people in this country for 15, 20 years, they've never worked. If they work, it's for three months or so, uh, this temporary work, because capital itself 
and grab the workplace and restructure the workplace, casualize the workplace, labor broker the workplace. So there's nothing that you can do. Everywhere you go, it's capital. And they've condemned our people to perpetual poverty. Now, we want to say also to the coming conference of the ANC, take appropriate decisions to change the lives of the people of this country. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Capital is the principal enemy of the people in this country. Capital sometimes because it's, it so-called brings investment. It creates an impression that it is working with us. It is not working with us. It is against our people. But in memory of Comrade Krizani, and all liberation heroes and heroines who are tired, who died for our land, we say as the Communist Party, your blood was not in vain. We will raise the red flag high. We'll continue to remember you, to fight for your justice wherever you are, and to make sure that your families together working with us can make sure that your memories are never forgotten. Your contributions have not been in vain. Commissioner Musi here, who arrived here today with uh, Commander Dan, he's not feeling well. He could not even come out of the car. And when I went to see him in the car, he says, but Comrade Son, what's really happening to us like this? I have to come, even in this condition. May he get well soon. But this is the, the feeling that we have. We are not calling for public violence, because some other posts are saying we are calling for public violence. We are going to fight proper, and we are going to use political power that we have to make things change and happen. We are not calling for public violence. We are calling for disciplined fight, disciplined order, disciplined mass mobilization until our demands are met. But Janus Walus will never leave this country. We want him here. We want him to account. Otherwise, in fact, what are the new demands to the Minister of Correctional Services? A stricter measures on parole conditions for that uh, assassin criminal, that murderer. He should not enjoy life outside prison. And of course, in our application, and some of the people that, that, that stayed with him, he used to tell them, Mzwakem Buli made a poem against him, where he was indicating that Umbulali Janus Walus. When he went to prison, they took him to the same cell with Janus Walus. Yes, the Boers there. They wanted them to show him, and Janus Walus used to tell him that, uh, look where you are, look where you are. He was unrepentant. He told every single one, how unrepented he is, that he signed some form indicating that he has shown remorse and repentance when the family doesn't know that, when the family has never engaged with him on victim uh, offender dialogue, we don't know where it comes from. And the Constitutional Court makes a ruling on that basis. But we are contending this, we are contesting this, as I indicated legally, on three grounds. One, we have not been yet. We are taking this matter, therefore, to the Commission I had the African Commission Court on Commission on Human and People's Rights. We are taking this matter on rescission. We are taking this matter for stay of execution. These are the, the primary focus areas legally that we are exercising within the rule of law, within the constitutional framework. Of course, people have said 
the restriction, you're not going to win. Even the journalists here, they said you're not going to win because this was a unanimous decision. I said, yeah, you may say so because you think it was a unanimous decision, but they did not consider we are now forcing the Constitutional Court justices to go and reread our submissions. They were never read or even engaged in this judgment that they made. In this regard, Comrade, once thank you as well for taking time to come out here today to support the Hani family and the Communist Party and to make sure that this unrepentant murderer and assassin Janus Walus is never released from prison. His home is in prison. He must rot in prison. And to say so, we are not evil, is because he just can't tell the truth. That's the same reason why people didn't ask. Uh, 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 Archbishop Desmond Tutu, why they didn't grant this man uh, amnesty. It was on the basis of the same reason that we are making as the Communist Party and the Hani family, that the guy refused to tell the truth. But when it's us, we are condemned as evil, unforgiving people. When it was done by priests who led the, 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 the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, they are not said that they are unforgiving. Why, when it's us, it's, it's said it's unforgiving? He must tell the honest truth and then show remorse and apologize properly to the family, not in the manner that he did. Then the family can engage with him in that regard, even they are not forced to accept this apology, by the way. Yeah. That's the bottom line. But as I thank you very much, may the undying spirit of Comrade Krizani live long and inspire the new generation to fight for a socialist South Africa to end the rule of the bourgeoisie in this country that is now, we are now seeing it's manifesting itself in many of our institutions. Long live the entire institution of Comrade Chris Long live. Long live. Forward to Susan. Forward. Amanda. Thank you very much. All right, that is the uh, General Secretary of the SACP there, uh, of course, addressing the media as well as uh, SACP members who are present there, uh, as well as ANC uh, members and leaders who are present in support of the SACP, who are, of course, uh, talking there about uh, their anger at the release of Yanush Valush, also adding uh, that uh, they are indeed consulting their legal team and that they're taking this action on the matter further. Of course, we did hear this week that Yanush Valush will be released within the 10 days as the constitutional court uh, ruled that he is indeed now eligible for parole and can certainly go. So the, indeed the SACP bemoaning uh, the uh, imminent release of uh, Chris Hani's murderer at the end of this afternoon at the constitutional court. Welcome back. And uh, that was uh, the South African Communist Party response to the constitutional court uh, decision to grant parole uh, to the assassin of uh, the former Secretary General of the South African Communist Party, Chris Honey, who was also uh, the former commander of Mkonto Wesizwe, the military wing of the African National Congress. Uh, he was assassinated in 1993 as a result of a right-wing conspiracy uh, to prevent uh, the ANC from taking power inside South Africa. The widow of uh, Chris Hani uh, had an immediate response uh, to the decision by the Constitutional Court. Uh, Dimpo Hani uh, is uh, very uh, upset uh, by the decision that was made. Uh, this is uh, a report uh, on her immediate response. 
Well, there you have it uh, in a very comprehensive uh, judgment. Uh, the Chief Justice Raymond Zondo of the Constitutional Court um, uh, going through a lot of detail, but uh, the sum of it all, if you've just joined us, is that the Constitutional Court has uh, said it is only just and equitable to set aside an earlier decision by the Justice and Correctional Services Department, I think it was in March 2020, not to grant uh, parole to Janusz Walusz, the killer of uh, Communist Party leader and Mkontowesizo Commander Chris Hani way back in 1993. And that means that uh, it's now up to the department to enforce this order for parole to be granted to Janusz Walusz within the next 10 days. Justice, Chief Justice uh, Raymond Zondo went through quite a lot of detail in terms of the history of this case and, and outlining the nature and seriousness of the crime that was, that, that was committed. And uh, so he went through a lot. But the sum of it all is that uh, the Concord has ordered the Justice Department to grant parole within the next 10 days to Janusz Walusz. We were live in court a, a short while ago. We, we're going to go back there to Constitution Hill now with Aviwe Mtila, uh, who's going to join us. Aviwe, uh, good afternoon. Well, there you have it. Uh, the much-awaited ruling has now been handed down by the Constitutional Court, a number of orders being tabled at the end there by the Chief Justice Raymond Zondo. She's my hero, and all black South Africans, you have to have respect for Lindy Wessisulu. She saw this long time ago. Mm. Today, Lindy Wessisulu has been vindicated. Mm. So Janus Walus must be released within... I don't really give a shit because this court has not even addressed the victims. I don't exist. He is busy giving us a lecture about a Polish man who came to South Africa to kill my husband. Do you understand how I feel? Now he tells me everybody is equal in South Africa. So as far as Zondo and Co, they are corporate, whatever they call close cooperation in our border, yeah, constitutional court. I don't know why it's called constitutional court. This is dictatorship at the highest. Yeah. This country is finished. As long as we have this court led by Zondo and this club of his, we are done. We should forget about this country. Yeah. That's why I say, Lindy Wessisulu, may she live long. She's the only one in this country who saw through these guys. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Now look at it. The same day, the same court, they have Comrade Jacob Zuma case today, and they decide to have this one. It is not a coincidence. I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. Chief Justice Zondo has failed this country completely, and I, I'm not going to apologize. Mm. And within 10 working days, Yanis Walus must you, be released. You can see this has been decided. I mean, I mean, he just wasted our time giving us a lecture about governance of the minister. He should just have gone straight to the point, you know? But let me tell you, this country is finished. Where in this country, a foreign white can come into South Africa, kill my, kill my husband. I don't know if you had, Zondo never referred to my family, to myself, to my children, and the trauma and the suffering. He couldn't give a shit. Sorry for my French. He couldn't be bothered.
All of them. Did Minister Lamula talk to you when he made his decision? Leave in the minister, I don't deal with ministers, I'm dealing with courts. Mm. I've been in court in and out, and Wallace has lost all, lost all the cases. Okay, now he comes here, this one's because uh, in South Africa there are gods. What they say goes. I wish them the best. You know, do you know about karma? Watch the space, all of them. Watch karma. I give them two years. Talk to me after two years. Karma exists. All of them there, seeking there, from Zondo downwards. Mm. This judgment is diabolical. Mm. Totally diabolical. I've never seen anything like this. And my understanding of Zondo's judgment, as you are talking, indirectly he says, Walus did well to kill my husband. Now, let me tell, give you free information. If my husband was not killed, we would never have had elections. Mandela, after my husband was murdered, said to the clerk, for us to stop this, give us election date. That's why Zondo and his friends today are sitting in this court. Otherwise, we'll still be under apartheid. He would be somewhere in a shack doing his practice. Give me a break. Mm. Lindy West is <laughs> I give it to you, my dear sister. You may you are vindicated today. South Africans <clears throat> learn to listen to black people when they tell you about justice in this country. We are in shed full stop. And the way forward, Ma, have you decided on a way forward going forward? I agree this is ten I can't have any more. What they say goes. But I'm telling you, the God that I pray. I give them two years, all of them, including that zone of yours. That was uh, Paul Honey in response to the uh, Constitutional Court uh, unanimous decision to grant parole to the assassin of uh, Chris Honey, who was uh, the former Secretary General of the South African Communist Party and uh, Commander of Mkonto Wesizwe, uh, the Spear of the Nation, the arm wing of the African National Congress. And uh, he was assassinated in uh, April of 1993 uh, during the transition process from apartheid uh, to uh, the democratic breakthrough of 1994. Right now, we're going to listen to a more extensive interview uh, with uh, Dimpo Hani. Let's listen in. Well, staying with that story, Hani's wife, Dimpo, has described yesterday's ruling by the Constitutional Court as diabolical. These were her comments shortly after that ruling was handed down. Um, Ms. Hani, good evening. Thank you so much for coming into studio. We also saw the visuals of just how, it's, it's really not angry, how outraged you were following this ruling yesterday. You've had about 24 hours to reflect on the events. How are you feeling tonight? Uh, I wish I'm feeling much better, but it's better than how I felt yesterday. Yesterday, uh, let me start by saying, Kathy, I have walked this road, and anybody who has not lost a loved one the way my husband was murdered, will never understand. So I've had uh, people who are saying whatever they were saying, but I want to say to them, it's about me. It's not about anybody. 
is about me, is about the Hari family, is not about my children. Their opinions, they can keep them to themselves because they have not experienced what I have experienced. I know I'm one of the privileged South Africans in the sense that the man who murdered my husband was arrested. But there are many women out there who up to today don't know who killed their partners. In that respect, I'm lucky. However, going back to, to yesterday, what upset me most was, uh, it was like I was the one who was in court, you know? And uh, Wallace was treated by uh, Judge Zondo as a victim. And he had, it was over an hour, he was going on and on and on and on and on. But what I found sad, in everything that he said, at no time did Justice Zondo refer to my pain, to the, the broader Hani family pain, and my children's pain. And I want to make an assumption that all those men and women who are sitting there have got families. But there was something about them. I looked at their faces that were cold. Mm. You know, I've had people saying something leaves them cold. All of them, they were extremely cold. And I thought, oh, fine, they're doing their job. But I want to say there's something that taught me. I learned something yesterday. Mm. You know, we have people deployed in different positions. Now, not everybody would have been in the struggle, okay? There are people who remained at home, they did their own contribution, there are those who were in Robben Island, those who were in camps. But there's something that I picked up. People who during the struggle were studying and they were never interested in the struggle, now they've been this, given these positions on a platter, literally, by the sacrifices of South Africans. As a result, they have no appreciation of the suffering that the, this nation has gone through, especially the black people, our Indian people, and the colored people. So I would appeal to ever deploy these people that among when they have interviews, they should check if they've got hearts. What I experienced yesterday, it reminded me like I was sitting in front of fair food. Mm -hmm. Seriously, it, it, there was it, a, 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 a subtle hostility with all of them. Now, what was interesting, Judge uh, Bondo says, we all agreed on this uh, judgment, and I wrote it. Mark, mark that one. I wrote it. But as she was reading, whoever was watching, you could tell the man was struggling to read. How do you write something? And you struggle to read what you wrote. That was my observation. Maybe he was, I don't know, whatever. Is it fair? For, for you to say that 
and these are the highest judges of this country at the Constitutional Court. Is it fair for you to say that they are in those positions that have been handed to them on a platter when all of us as South Africans see the process that they all have to undergo to be able to even be nominated to those positions? I don't want to talk about fairness. Here I'm saying my views. Mm. Uh, All I'm saying is whoever interviews them, they should choose people who are, who are not heartless. For instance, I was never warned, you know, it's just that I, I'm strong when he says, uh, oh, he says, I'll give the minister instructions that within 11 days the men should mm. have gone. If I was a weak person, I don't know how the law works. I would have fainted. And I thank my God that I didn't faint. And talking about fairness, all I'm asking is, we have gone through the most painful period. Mm. I don't say they should love me, they should favor me. They've got their law books, they're doing their work. But I've got a problem with hostility, subtle hostility. That's my problem. Is it subtle hostility, or actually before I get to that, have you had an opportunity to either read the judgment or even the summary of the judgment? I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in court mm-hmm. and I, I was concentrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm just asking, post yesterday, um, you know, has that moment arisen at all? I'll do it at my own time. All right. So when one reads the court judgment, it, number one, outlines the, the case that was brought forth by Yanus Walus and around why it is that he feels that his rights, his constitutional rights, are being trampled on because he is effectively now made to be a perpetual prisoner which is not in line with the country's constitution. It acknowledges the submissions that were made by yourself and the SACP as interested parties in the matter and the argument that you make around how you believe this case is exceptional simply because of what was happening in South Africa at the time and the fact that he, by assassinating your husband, effectively sought to shape the core of what was the foundation for a democratic South Africa. Despite that acknowledgement, it finds that that consideration does not outweigh the Constitution, that there must be the idea of equality before the law for everybody. I agree with you, Kathy. Mm-hmm. You are 100% correct. But I'll give you an example. We woke up one day, a former President Zuma was sentenced by the same court for 15 months without a hearing. Is that democracy? Is that constitutional? I want you to answer me. Well, it was a ruling out of the constitutional court. I don't so have we, a problem. My, so my we concern, have to say that it's constitutional. I don't have a problem. But my concern is, 
do you sentence somebody without hearing his side of the story? Is mm -hmm. that what the South African Constitution says? Is it fair? If we talk about fairness, let's cover everything. Let's not be selective. It happened we are all there when Mr. Zuma was sentenced to 15 months without a hearing. So then what are your views of the Constitutional Court then? I don't want to talk about the Constitutional Court. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm not part of the Constitutional Court, but I think there are lots of things which, in my view, have to be changed. Such as? Such as uh, the laws that are being used are apartheid laws. You know, they are old laws. I don't know why Parliament has not looked at them, but I think it's high time we did. And also I'll tell you, Judge uh, Zondo did not refer to TRC. He didn't. Well, I guess maybe there were too many things he had to cover, and he didn't have time to cover the TRC hearing, mm -hmm. where Walus was hostile, literally hostile. Okay, Walus is out. That's okay. Life moves on. But all I'm appealing, you know, Lindy Wessis will raise this thing about judges. And I must say, I'm one of the people who felt. No, Comrade Lindue, you can't say that about judges. But let's say judges are human beings. Mm. Now, what I've noticed after yesterday, for the first time, we have put them on some pedestal that they're not human, they are perfect. As a result, they also behave the same way, mm. that they're above everything else. While I appreciate the fact, can I finish, please? Sure. While I appreciate the fact that, according to South African Constitution, that's the last bus stop, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the Constitution. But if you can look at most things, the people who are suffering are mostly black people. And I believe the work of the Constitutional Court is to assist this country to move forward, as Comrade Pule said, you know, without all these tensions based on color. That's how I understand their role should be. That's my view, anyway. I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm also bearing in mind the fact that in 2015 we had Eugene de Kock, who was released on parole and during the Zondo Commission of Inquiry it would then come to light that he was not only receiving uh, protection, he was living in, in, in a state house if I can put it that way, but was also receiving money that um, was effectively being sponsored by the state, it was coming out of the state coffers. And I'm thinking about the victims of the atrocities he committed because we all know what mm. the history said yeah. around him as well. Mm. And when we think about the kind of justice system that we have chosen as a country, we've opted to go for a more restorative justice than simply a retributive 
justice. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that that needs to change? That they shouldn't be the option where somebody who has committed crimes must be given the opportunity to not be behind bars. Okay, let me take you back to the first court case. That time it was during apartheid times. When I went to court, Debbie Lewis and Wallace were sentenced to death. Okay. Now the NC comes into power and they abolished the death penalty. They were sentenced to life imprisonment. Okay. Now, my personal view is the magistrate or judges, whoever, whoever they are, they should be specific when they sentence somebody that I'm giving you life sentence without parole. They have failed to do that. As a result, people are being killed in South Africa. Police, everybody's being killed. You know, this crime in South Africa has no color. Everybody's getting killed. And the killers know that after X number of years, I'll get parole. So I think it is the responsibility of the justice system when they send uh, they sentence these people to say life without parole. I think if they can just work on that one, then I'm sure we'll be going somewhere. Because, you know, what is happening out there, people are being killed like flies. You know, if you have doom, you doom flies, you know, in your house. Because they know they will never save life, they will never save 20 years or whatever, because they're entitled to the parole. So I think that might assist. So, so then, given your acknowledgement of where the law is right now, mm. that prisoners are entitled to parole, mm. do you feel that what the Constitutional Court did was wrong? Or was it simply acting within the parameters of the law the, as it exists currently? They were doing their job. Mm. I don't have a problem. They were doing their job and they paid very well for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my comment. Have you and your family had a conversation about the possibility, I suppose even before yesterday, now it's no longer a possibility, it's a reality of Janus Walus being released? They can release him, they've decided already. Mm-hmm. And our, I'm told he's the highest court in the land, so they've decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what was the question? Have you discussed this, how, how, how you're going to deal with that moment, the significance of it? For, for Zondo you? has decided for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Judgment has been passed. The, the final... Uh, they have a final say. Mm-hmm. So they've decided. So what's there to discuss? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Except what hit me was the fact that, let me tell you what hit me. Uh, I don't know how many times I've responded to the so-called letter of forgiveness. Mm. 
I was not in South Africa. I was in Cuba when the so-called letter untold, the letter was written. And I have given interviews where I said, my lawyer has never seen the letter. I've never seen the letter. And the emphasis of Mr. Zondo yesterday was, <laughs> it was quite interesting, I must say. It was like a headmaster, you know, in a primary school. He says, uh, Walus wrote me a letter. I ignored the letter. Walus asked for forgiveness, and uh, I refused to forgive him. Guess what, Kathy? Mm. I want to tell everybody, it is my right. Nobody's going to forgive me to force me to forgive Walus. He took my husband away. Why am I being forced to forgive him? If the Constitutional Court wants to forgive him, that's their baby. But I should not be accused. That's, he portrayed me as this woman who is unreasonable. And guess what? Because none of them has experienced what I've experienced and many other South Africans. So to them, it's theory, it's law books. There are no emotions involved. Mm. And I respect that. But it's so sad because, you know, in life, like, I'm, I'll repeat it, there is karma. Don't ever do something, something bad to somebody. It's going to come back hundredfold. What? I don't wish for it. But God works in mysterious ways. Because now there I was, Wallace is a victim, I'm this bad woman, Wallace is being reasonable, asking for forgiveness, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Really? I'm an adult. And I have the right, you know? Sure. I have the right to say, Kathy, I will not forgive you. Mm. If the pain is felt by me. Not by the Constitutional Court. Well, they're welcome to judge me. So what? What, what, do you think, done? what do you think the next 10 days are going to be like for you and your family? I couldn't give a... I don't care. I've reached a point where I don't care. Mm. Yeah. Because I know what I'm dealing with now. You know, when you move into a situation and you are moving into it innocently, it sort of shakes you. It happened yesterday, I reacted, but I'm fine. I don't know until I'm okay. And my children are okay. And the Hari family is okay. It was painful. It was, I don't know until I. Especially the surprise element. I don't know what the law says. Maybe it says you should just say whatever you have to say. It's okay, I'm fine. I've learned how the just the Concord works in South Africa. I've learned. I can write a book about it. All right. Just for one day hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mam Dimpo, yes. I wish you and your family strength over the next ten days. Um, it's going to be a difficult period unquestionably and I hope that you will be able to get through. But what I would like to say before you, you, you are summarizing now. Yes. Okay. Before you summarize, I would like to say in 1968, 
A man called Sehan, killed in cold blood, Robert F. Kennedy. In 69, he was sentenced to life. This happened in California. Mm. In January this year, now you can imagine from 69 to 2022, he applied for parole. And he was denied parole by the Californian gov governor. And I want to quote him. This is what he said. After carefully, carefully reviewing the case, including record in the California State Archives, I have determined that Sehan has not developed the accountability and insight required to support his side uh, on the release into the community. All I'm saying is we need political will. That's what left in South Africa. In the, 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 the Jewish people up to today, they're still pursuing the people who did the Holocaust. Mm. What's wrong with me? Or is it because I'm not white? What's wrong with me saying this is wrong? Why is it happening in other countries? I think, and these people who are in power, they travel all over the world. Why can they learn good things that are being done there? Mm. So, I just wanted to say, it's happening in other countries. This Sehan, from 69, in January, they still refused him parole. Mm. So we let political will in South Africa. All right. We'll have to leave it there for tonight. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much for making the trip and Thank coming to the studio. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you. Dimpo Hani there. And, yeah, you heard for yourself exactly where she stands in as far as this matter is concerned. And uh, that was a report on um, the response of um, Dimpo Hani, uh, the widow of Chris Hani, to the decision by the South African Constitutional Court to grant parole to Janos Bullis, the assassin of Chris Hani. And uh, before that, uh, we heard uh, the response of the South African Communist Party Secretary General uh, Sally Mapela. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more of the Pan-African Journal for this week.